0: Welcome everybody to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. We come to you from the bare confines (laughs) of the, I think this is a music collections room. That's what the sign says out front. There's one storage locker, probably filled with bats, so let's not open it. But it's very depressing, it's just over there. Uh, John, who are you and how are you?
1: I'm John Gillen, and I'm here to do a podcast. Uh, doing all right, doing all right, better this week, because I haven't done anything regarding the masters. <laughs> How about yourself?
0: Masters, What <laughs> masters. What masters? And for those of you who are checking in for the first time with us, welcome to that X. John, can you tell us a little bit about what you do musically?
1: Um, I am a guitar player, that's really the big thing. So You're also <laughs>
0: a guitar, you're, you're so much more than a guitar player, yeah. John. Don't uh, put yourself up like uh, that. Oh, no, thank you. Leave thank that you. to
1: me. Oh, zing. Anyway, I have a teaching company called Silver Sound Guitar. So, give that a googs, as they say. Uh, SilverSoundGuitar.com, and that's myself, my business partner Mark Young, um, and we specialize in all styles of guitar um, except flamenco. Go yeah. find some old Spanish guy for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Anybody got time for flamenco? <laughs>
1: Love flamenco. Too it's much flicking. Too much oh, flicking. What's amazing? Fingers. Anyway, it's amazing. so yeah, that's that's a big part of big part of what we do. But then uh, also do a uh, little bit of recording stuff, compose, play all sorts of things. You get your fingers in a lot so of pies. Design, yeah, a lot any, of guitar anything. pies. And I'm here making a podcast with Mr. Dylan Murphy. So Dylan, why don't you give us a quick intro? Dylan Murphy, rocking yeah. up the
0: mic, nice and close, because I don't want to lose up the volume uh yeah, I am a singer, songwriter, guitar player, straight guitar player for a gay front man, um guitar <laughs> teacher part time and musicology student like yourself
1: oh yeah, that's right, that's right for those of those of you that are joining us for the first time, we are finishing up a master's in musicology, yeah, yeah, which it's you an know ology after music, yeah, I only it's found like out
0: that was a word like three weeks ago. So. <laughs> Solid. And the
1: Masters is almost done. But, it is know. almost done. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so
0: God today God. we are going to start with, as we always do, for episode seven. Hey, seven. 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 Can
1: you seven. believe it? It's been seven. Seven. We're uh, more than halfway there to 12. <laughs> are you going to do that every week? <laughs> Ridiculous. Just, just these last... Just just one more time. One yeah. More
0: time. Let's save it for the prime numbers. So, moving, we're going to start, as we always do, with pedal talk. So, this week on pedal talk, we were talking about the essential pedals to have on your board. Now, that's a very bold statement, because every genre of music would probably require a different pedal, but we're talking about the bare minimum of what you should have. Now, this is controversial, somewhat. Would you agree? I, yeah. Yeah. we yeah. even Even individually, <laughs> we would have different things, but this is... Inspired by a video I saw uh, on YouTube by this guy named Philip McKnight. Do you know him, John?
1: I don't. I don't. Tell me about him. He's a basically a
0: gearhead and guitar player from, I think, the American South, judging by his drawl. Uh-huh. But uh, makes really nice, kind of concise, uh, very you know, cohesive videos on YouTube about gear and how to use it. And he does a lot of Q&As and he's, he's really approachable. Big, jolly fellow. Cool. So, um... One of his videos that caught my eye and forced me to subscribe to his channel because I wanted to see more was <laughs> on. You. Yes, I was <laughs> I like, I need point. to. Just <laughs> finger uncontrollably hovering towards the subscribe button uh, about the four pedals every guitar player must have on their board. Now, I'm going to say what he says. says. Just four. Just four. Not counting a tuner. Okay. People, if you don't have a tuner, buy a tuner. I have been to too many gigs where adults, grown men
1: and women. Hashtag, yeah, hashtag, yeah, hashtag always. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and get a tuner. Yeah, or the bass player. There's always that bass player for yeah. the viewers that goes, can I borrow your tuner? I, I can't
0: hear it when I'm tuning off my phone. Don't tune off your phone. Buy a pedal. They're not that yeah. expensive.
1: Oh, Or, uh, I mean, even a little, like, snark thing. Yeah, headstock tuner. It's 20 bucks. 15 beans. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so not counting a tuner pedal, the four pedals that he says you must have. Now, I like okay. what he, the logic that he has behind them, but I'm going to bounce them off you and see okay. what you make of them. Maybe we can get a little bit of well, a, let's, let's get that a list. dialogue going. Okay, so number one, he says, now... I agree with him with this because he says a scenario that I can completely relate to, but it's, it's the wah, the humble wah, and he says that you are, not, <laughs> you are not a guitar player until you've bought a wah pedal, found that you have no use for it, sold it, and then finding yourself wanting to buy it again mm. because, hey, suddenly there's a lot there's, of...
1: There's truth in that. There statement. is truth
0: in that. So uh, I have a wah pedal, uh, and I thought it was broken for a very long time, but it turns out that I was just using cheap batteries. <laughs> I did not like that. Shout out to the would, Tiger yeah. Store.
1: Wouldn't be the first time.
0: No, 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 no. So um, I find plenty of use for my wah for whatever. I don't go full Kirk Hammett on it. But John, would you say that this is a pedalboard essential, yay or nay?
1: Oh, um,
0: by the way, Philip, if you're listening, we love your work. Keep making videos. You're yeah. great. We're just uh, getting a
1: dialogue going. <laughs> don't, don't come smack me. After last week's Steve I showing up and smacking me. I don't, I don't That's need what that wound is on your face. Yeah, I don't need a train of guitar players smacking me. Yeah, he face. was wearing a ring or something. Just hit you It was a couple. Have you ever seen his right hand? He wears all sorts of jewelry on he that does. thing. Yeah. He's a flamboyant mofo. Exactly. Anyway, the wah pedal. Philip McKnight's wah pedal. Totally love the scenario. That's, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, <sighs> that said, I did not bring a wah over here to Ireland because it's not something I use very often which then left me borrowing your wah at least once Mm. that I can think of. (laughs) That's that's quite all right. (laughs) Um, I think it's something you should have. I don't know that I would say you should have it on your pedal board all the time. It's heavy. It's heavy, and to be honest, it takes up a lot of space, and I don't use it very often. That brings me, have you seen these new Dunlop mini-wahs? I have because when I he's demonstrating
0: when he's demonstrating his board, he has one of them, and I'm like, "Oh man, got to get me one of them." Now they are expensive, but really, it only takes a matter of time before some Chinese company rips them off and yeah. makes a nice, affordable one.
1: I suppose it kind of depends. Like, what do you want out of your wah. Um I'd say check out the real McCoy WAS, because they have a few with like adjustable sweeps on them, oh, which is yeah. really handy. Yeah, um, and then you can also adjust like the quack on it and all these other like crazy things. So. I like the idea of customizable, adjustable sorts of things, um, and they they do a really good job of that. Dunlop had one a while back that they did. I think it might have even been the the dime bag. Lava. Oh yeah,
0: that's a really popular model. Yeah, uh, John Frusciante used that on his last Chili Peppers album. Nice. So uh, he was a big fan of that. And
1: if you know Frusciante knows Wah, he does right. And Definitely customizable sorts of. Sorts of things. I think I, I don't know. I like that ab- uh, about a wah. But that said, I I don't consider keep it mine an on essential. the pedal board all the time. So
0: anyway, what else do we have? Okay. So next we have an overdrive. Now he uses a example of the Ibanez Tube Screamer.
1: Is he pretty insistent? Like that's the pedal you
0: should have. He said it was, but I'm sure you could throw this out there. I mm-hmm. think maybe an overdrive pedal. And he says for two yeah. reasons. One of them is. Basically, to add gain, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just going to a distortion, just using a, uh, as a gain, if your amp doesn't have gain, which mine doesn't, and then using it if your amp does have gain, always go with amp distortion, I think, is a is a good thing to go by for, like mm. you know, for a nice, if yeah. you're rocking a Marshall stack, you're going to use a distortion that comes with yeah, the stack. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but he used it, if you do have gain already, to use it as, like, he thinks, I think he says, like, kicking it up a notch, or. Yeah. You know, like Elzar from Futurama. <laughs> Bam. <laughs>
1: Bam! Bam. Spice Weasel. Spice. <laughs> My high. You, you should have a Spice Weasel on your pedal board. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I don't know who's out there, but there's there's some pedal company that has to make an overdrive pedal called the Spice Weasel. They do have pedal. ridiculous like names. That, that mm. I would buy the Spice Weasel, <laughs> especially if it had a picture of you know, Elzar, Elzar's Spice Weasel. Um I yeah I'd have to agree with that some sort of overdrive pedal um because e- even you know most of us are going to be in a situation where we're probably not going to be able to push uh the gain on a stack yeah like a um or even even if you have like a 50 watt head or which is massive just massive mm. you know most of the time when you're playing a gig 15 will get the job done um but that said it's nice to have those 15 watts can really have a really great clean tone on them, too. Mm-hmm. So unless you have a wall of amps behind you, which maybe you're fortunate enough to do that. But um, if it's a small gig, um, I think that uh, that distortion just, or the overdrive, excuse me, I think the overdrive. Shut your mouth. Oh Watch gosh. your tongue. It uh, just, just helps to, to give you a little bit of boost when you need and to...
0: As for his thoughts on the uh, TS-9 or the any, any Tube Screamer, mm-hmm. what, what would your thoughts be on using that as your prime overdrive?
1: I think the TS-9 is a great pedal. Um, even some of the, you know, whether you're looking at the classic ones or the updated ones. Um, but there's so many great distortion pedals out there. And I would say... Uh, overdrive pedals.
0: I'm going to start bleeping you every time you say distortion. But
1: <laughs> well, there's so many great distortion pedals, uh, overdrive pedals, John. Beep. Uh, but there's so many great uh, overdrive pedals out there these days, um, and I think you can. Um, I, I think you can shop around a little bit, find one that that sort of suits what you're going for. By all means, do not buy a Metal Zone pedal. But uh, <laughs> I think that qualifies as a distortion pedal and not an overdrive. But um, I'd say have a look around and see what's out there. The tube screamers, again, a great pedal, but yeah. there's a lot out there.
0: Depends on your guitar, it depends on your amp, depends on yeah, what you're running under. Exactly. Yeah. Shut you know,
1: see see who else is using what. Like that's probably what I would recommend. Absolutely. I mean, whose model, tone do you like and model it all. Yeah.
0: Great. So the next one is, he says, now he doesn't, he isn't specific, but he says some kind of modulation effect. Now modulation is a big thing. We're going to be doing pedal talks in the future on the different kinds of modulation effects. So many kinds. So many kinds. But the example that he uses is the uh, Eddie Van Halen phaser.
1: Oh, the, uh, the MXR co- 90. Mm. Yeah,
0: the, the with the tape on it, you know, the, the oh. is that the phaser?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so as well. Yeah. Right. So he has, a, he has a special version of it. Yeah. So, So yeah, the 90, the MXR 90 was the classic phaser that he used, Mm. you know, when you think of all the early Van Halen recordings. The orange one, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, Which you can still get. They're actually relatively cheap. They're usually under 100 quid. So, or dollars for Mm. our American friends. But.
0: (laughs) Quid is, do we have to have a John (laughs) Learns learns (laughs) non-American English section? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that might be good. Th- this became like a, a, a language learning podcast. I do that enough in my spare time, John. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching English to the foreigners. Anyway, uh, insight into Dylan's private life. So uh, what he's he basically... And I was very impressed by how he shows... It's a very versatile pedal. He basically talks about how you can kind of slow it down, the depth rate, and you kind of use it almost like a chorus pedal. Um, he plays, mm. I think, Come As You Are by Nirvana on it. i was like, that sounds pretty darn close. So... Yeah, I suppose flanger, phasers, chorus. I think. Do you think? Would you think a modulation pedal is necessary?
1: Um, do you have one?
0: I do not, but my board is very um, minimal. My, my board reflects my bank account right now. Well, I,
1: I think, I, but I think you you bring up an interesting point there. Like, it, it depends upon what you are playing, you know. Yeah, if you are doing a lot of blues type gigs you should probably have an overdrive and a boost and, and maybe a while. wah. Um, there's not too many instances where you're going to need a phase pedal, you know, yeah. or you might, you might want an octave pedal, which is that considered a modulation type pedal? I assume his? it would be. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do have a chorus on my board. I think a chorus can kind of uh, add some interesting sort of swimmy, swirly type tones to things so is it necessary i'd probably say that would not be my recommendation if someone was like i could buy three pedals this month i would not say buy a modulation pedal this month Okay.
0: interesting and the last one he says is a delay yeah now it's kind of a no-brainer i mean a load Mm. of guitarists if you ask them they asked Rory McFieirs from uh, "So I Watch You." He said a delay would be his one desert island pedal. Well, Jump.
1: shoot, he's got like four on. His yeah, board. yeah. He said <laughs> so. a good
0: delay pedal, you know, is 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 worth gr- a lot. And John Petrucci said the same thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, even for the versatility.
1: Yeah, Thoughts? absolutely. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting about that is it's delay and not reverb. So again, it might be. You might consider what type of music do you play. I think primarily for something like blues, you might consider a reverb over a delay pedal. Uh, but then it depends upon what amp you're playing out of, because there's plenty of great amps with good reverb these days. Yeah. Some of them, you know, like a traditional AC-15 or an AC-30, the reverb can be a little squirrely. But to be honest, I didn't have a reverb for a long time because I was playing through an AC-15. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to drop the cash for a really good reverb pedal. That's fair. Um, but I did have a delay. Mm. So I, I think for most people, uh, particularly if you're either a pop guitar player or someone who's just wants to shred, you think of all the 80s delay, chorusy, the massive the sounding. stadium arena kind yeah, of big like sound. Def Leppard. Type sounds like that's all delay and chorus stuff. Yeah, it's just massive. Um, Adds a lot. <coughs> so yeah, I'd agree with that. I think really for me, the only the only thing that I sort of disagree out of those four would be the wah. Ah, okay, so four, yeah, three. If you could t- add or take away, Uh in place of the wah, hmm, not counting a volume pedal, I think everyone should have a volume pedal. Do you? Mm. Maybe. We'll talk about that yeah. another week. Put vol- it on the list. I, I think your volume pedal can, can essentially substitute as a boost. So if you um I tend to keep my guitar most of the time on ten. And then I use my volume pedal to essentially push that through a little bit more. Mm. So boost pedals I think are good. It's been it's becoming increasingly popular to have a looper of some kind and they're actually getting cheaper and cheaper. They are indeed. Um, you can get the the little mini loopers now as yeah, well. Yeah, the dittos. Um, yeah, stuff, exactly, yeah. which are, what do those run? Like 80 bucks Yeah, something like that? Depends on yeah. what
0: you're doing. Paul Gilbert's yeah. yeah. wears by well, them. So
1: the w- w- the wall would probably be the one I'd disagree with but then, um, yeah, I don't know what I'd think of that I would say you have to have this to replace it. Mm. Yeah, I'd have to I, I don't. I don't think I've mull it over. Enough. Yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll
0: catch up with you again next week on that. So, because we have gone a little bit over time with our pedal talk, we're going to do maybe two or three points for today's topic, which is getting out of a rut, our playing corner topic. So, yeah. John, tell us, for getting out of a rut, problem, common problem with you? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I, mean, I think it's. I think it's for everyone. I mean,
0: particularly doesn't make you any less of a man. It happens to everyone. <laughs>
1: I swear it's never happened before. Um, Yeah, I I don't think. I think what happens is most of us will will find something that we're learning, and we kind of hit a plateau on it, and we either don't know what to do with it, or um, we realize we're playing the same scale shapes over and over again, or we're playing the same riff over and over again. So, what do we do to get out of that? I would say, yeah, that's that's something that's that's happened to me several times. Yeah, and yourself too, I yeah, assume. Yeah. Absolutely. And sometimes I think it's something that happens to us when we come back to playing after we haven't been playing for when a you're while. you doing something like a masters or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you come back and all of your licks sound stale because they're the same ones they're they're your go to licks. Absolutely. You know, so what do you do to get out of that? Okay. So We're going to basically kind of make this an expanded
0: series. We're going to do a few things on getting out of a rut. So as opposed to just blowing our load right now on everything, we're going to give you maybe one or two points each. Yeah. Yeah, maybe let's go for a point each. So John, can you tell us one of your...
1: Um, I would say the the first thing that I would probably recommend is pick a song and maybe a song that you wouldn't necessarily... um, Have worked on before, or you wouldn't, or maybe one that you've always wanted to work on, or maybe something that would stretch you a little bit, something that might be out of your wheelhouse. So if you're typically someone who's going to listen to, I don't know, I've got nothing. Got nothing. (laughs) Um, Let's say you should have rehearsed. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's say maybe you would normally listen to a shred guitar player or Van Halen or ACDC or whatever. Mm-hmm. Pick something that might be a little bit out of your wheelhouse and something uh, that, would just be, that would just be different, uh, whether that would be like a fingerstyle player or something from Chad Atkins or you know uh, something like that. Or even look at a singer-songwriter. Learn an Elliott Smith song. It's yeah. three chords, but it's something different and you might pick up something a little bit different out of it.
0: Expanding your playing vocabulary, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly
0: cool well i will give you one of mine which is uh, last year i was playing a lot of music but i wasn't really learning anything and i decided to get a lesson and i found that oh. maybe getting a lesson or um, a perspective from a new player yeah was really really beneficial i was kind of really frustrated with the old pentatonic box thing and the first thing this guy said to me was oh have you tried using arpeggios for solos instead of uh, scale patterns.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. And
0: it just changed everything. Like right up to today, I was learning a load of new songs that I'm playing for a gig next week. And I just took the chords and I just improvised over the arpeggios for them. And it was great. Yeah. Screw you, pentatonic box. (laughs) I've moved on to someone new. Uh, so yeah, getting a lesson can be really, really beneficial.
1: Right. And something you said there at the, uh, at the beginning of that statement about kind of meeting other guitar players. Um, I think playing with new people, find somebody else to connect with, um, yeah. another guitar player even, and just be like, hey, how do you do that thing you do, or what are you, what are you thinking about over this chord change, or whatever, um, or even, even just pick their brain a little bit on what they've been practicing, oh, hey, I've been practicing arpeggios. Interesting. Tell me about how you're using those. What do you mean by arpeggios? Is it three strings, four strings, six strings? Are you sweep picking them? Are you finger picking them? Like, what are you doing? Um, And that just that kind of sparks a conversation, gives you something new to think about in terms of your own playing, and hopefully you make a friend out of it. You play some music. Adds the social element. Yay! Which is why we do this in the first place, right? Absolutely.
0: You're only going to get so far playing guitar in your mom's basement. (laughs) So now we're going to move on to what we've been learning. So I'll go first. I am launching, well, it's not my album per se. It's the album of a good friend of mine and a very, very talented singer-songwriter, musician. Uh, Stephen Sharp is launching his debut album next week, which we recorded a very long time ago. And it's called Shut Up, Dylan, which is referring to... (laughs) Uh, me asking lots of questions about when the album is going to be out so this is him essentially putting me in my place but it's a lot of rock songs and storytelling and i think it's got some of the best guitar work i've ever done in it and uh, particularly cool. on the last song so i'm currently learning all those songs again because <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a gig and i've been up to my eyelids in this masters so yeah. it's great we had a first rehearsal for the first time the other day and it was great so i've been basically going back through how the hell did i
1: play that <laughs> <laughs> so what um when is it where is it it's
0: on we are launching the album for free the album itself is 10 euro but we are having a free event to launch it uh in the Rosine dove at 9 p.m on friday the 5th of may B- bring whoever you can we're going to pack the place uh, hopefully, make some money back because album making is expensive, sure. and uh, you can own um, a copy of an album that tells me to
1: shut up hmm. on the cover. I think that's priceless. Yeah, <laughs> can't put a price on that. We can tenure. Is so, there uh, some internet's information?
0: Absolutely. Look up Stephen Sharp Music, S H uh, A R P E. And uh, we also have a single from it out now, which is called "Work." Okay. Mark.
1: Is it on Spotify? It's as on well? Spotify.
0: The album will be on Spotify also. Is there so a,
1: a video and all those fun things? We
0: have loads of stuff from gigs. their gigs are fun, and this will be the last time that we're playing these songs for free in Galway. So, oh man, okay. Come so on, come on down, get we, out there, see you it, charging. John. Give what, it a googs. What have you been learning? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Last week, I mentioned I was working on um, the solo from a song called Day of the Dead. Ah, Um, yes. Yes. Uh, The eight-minute-long thing that I uh, made about 30 seconds into. Yeah, uh, for Alan Holdsworth, sort of his memorial. Though I realize now that it was a little uh, morbid to choose a song called Day of the Dead for someone who just died. But anyway... Um, Tactful. Yes. What I did with that was I kind of took, uh, took it apart a little bit and saw how I could apply it in different keys over different chord progressions. And this is something we've talked, out, talked about before. Um, just how do, you, how do you take something you're learning and apply it? And this for me was one of those examples of, here's a cool lick, he's playing it over a D minor chord in this one instance, but what happens when I extend it out over a chord progression? Um, when I play it in the key of D minor, can I move it and change it to E minor, A minor, G minor, those sorts of things. Cool. And so taking so, and applying. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's that's been this week. And and now, what have you been listening to? Listening to I've been listening to a
0: lot. Murphy. I've been basically, I found myself, I've been, we talked before in class actually about listening guilt, about not spending time listening to music. And I'm feeling a lot of music, of listening guilt right now so uh, i am trying to st- stray away from podcasts or listen to podcasts that have new music mm. and listen to new music itself so one of the podcasts that i really like that t- tells me about new music and what's going on is the all songs considered podcast from npr let's do it yeah. this morning they had new shaky graves they had new war on drugs some some of my favorite artists are bringing out new music so i find that's a really good way of doing, basically catching up on new music. I also have a a little log in my uh, diary where I basically try and listen to one album, a new album, twice in one day. And if I do, I can put a big tick beside the day. So
1: twice in
0: one day. uh, Twice in one day. If you can try and get it done. Oh, what am I listening to today? I am listening to uh, an album by a band called Krangbin. K H R U A N G B I N, and it's called "The Universe Smiles Upon You." My local barista recommended it to me, and I'm enjoying it immensely. It's nice, soft, Excellent. kind of surfy instrumental music. How about yourself, John?
1: Um, I have been checking out a guy by the name of Delicate Steve. Ah, and where did you learn about this Steve of? I learned about Delicate Steve from Mister Dylan Murphy, right here, not right sitting now. a million miles away from me. No no. In feet. fact he's Probably not even Five feet But anyway um, Yeah His Live in Las Vegas album Which I Think I enjoy more Than his studio albums
0: Yeah I Yeah I listened to his New release And I was like it, what, What's interesting About Delicate Steve Is that He has on, His Credit list is ridiculous. It's just Tell like, me about that It's like Mac DeMarco And Paul Simon He's on the last Paul Simon album No kidding Which I really Really enjoyed uh, stranger to Stranger. Um, right. I, Paul Simon himself is a great guitar player as well, but yeah, he does all the guitar parts on it. And he was talking about the recording process and how he just tried all this instrumental stuff and weird stuff with slides. And so sort he of plays a lot of slide. Yeah. Um, so I checked out his own newest album, and I I liked it for what it was. It's instrumental mm-hmm. guitar music, but yeah. it's not shred. Like. Yeah. It's very much um, more delicate. Yeah,
1: I would scene. say his latest album, the the melodies. The melodies kind of run together a bit. Yeah, it's like... They're kind of the same. Yeah, it's like
0: yeah. writing a pop album, but instead of a pop vocal, you're playing it on guitar.
1: Right. But that said, um, I really enjoyed the Live in Las Vegas I album. should check that out. Any and, particular uh, songs or anything? Yeah, the, the, there's one song called Proud Elephants. Or no, uh, Don't Get Stuck. And then in parentheses, Proud Elephants. Ah, right. So I don't know if this is elephants getting stuck in mud or something. It's quite the visual. It's huge. Like, the song just sounds like a bunch of elephants stomping around, and it's massive. And Sometimes brilliant. you
0: need to just listen to the live stuff to really get a feel of what a guitar player is doing. Yeah. And, yeah, cool. Well, I will definitely check that out. I suppose that's us wrapping up for today. I think so.
1: I think that's 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 a. Good amount of time that we've talked about <laughs> guitar today.
0: Looking at his watch. Yeah, so uh, next week we might have something a bit different for you. Ooh. Ooh. Stay tuned. Stay tuned and stay sharp, my friends.